Hello, everybody. I hope you've had an absolutely fantastic week. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the Inner Fight podcast for another week. Last week, we heard from the beautiful and amazing Arij in our 750th show. If you haven't listened to that, please go and have a listen. This is episode 751. And this week, I have the fitness guys back in the room. Simon Jones and Andy join me to answer your questions. I have a bunch of questions that are, have been asked by people, are frequently asked questions, and quite frankly, are super important questions that need answers. If you want to learn something, if you want to know something, the best way to do it is to ask a question. And I've gathered a load of questions, which together with the guys, we answer in today's show. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, please do share it with people. And if you have any questions, please feel free to drop us an email, winning at innerfight.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. For now, here's today's show. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are missing one, but we have two of the... <laughs> Everyone's laughing. Two of the more familiar voices. Simon, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Always good to be back. And Andy, a hey. little, little bit fired up. <laughs> <laughs> just Why are you angry today, mate? I, I, I wouldn't say angry. We're just getting into discussions on sort of how the, the CrossFit quarterfinals have gone, what's going on in the CrossFit world at the moment. Yeah. Um, which I think is a good thing. It's creating some waves and probably will get some attention, but it's rubbing up people the wrong way. <laughs> we have to be careful. We've got Dr. CrossFit with us. Who we obviously well, don't. Andy was mentioned to me as like, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've just been in my own lane just doing what I need to do. So it's just, yeah. I haven't really paid too much attention to it. It's interesting, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know a little bit more about what's going on, who's the guy's YouTube channel that you've been sending to me, Andy? So it's a guy named Andrew Hiller. Right. Um, and basically all he's done is uh, he's calling people out in terms of movement standards that we're seeing in the quarterfinals, uh, that we've seen in the teams, that we've seen in the open. And I think ultimately all the guy's trying to do is make CrossFit better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and essentially it's uh, some hard lessons for some people. Um, but he, all, he, all he's doing is trying to enforce standards mm -hmm. and hold CrossFit accountable to making sure we do those properly. Which, to be honest, I think we're all in pretty much in agreement with. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been, I've been uh, like watching a lot of the quarterfinal videos because that's, that's what I've been doing and helping out with uh, the judging side of things. And, you know, we, we have a standard that we need to kind of abide by and it's it's been it's been long hours but it's been fun and some people do great some people not so great and that's the stuff we sort of flag up at least the videos i've got yeah. watched. Uh, <laughs> that's not i i think if you're into this stuff which you obviously are if you listen to the show and you want to understand a little bit more what we're talking about hop over to this guy i'll put i'll put him we'll put him in the show notes he deserves a little bit of airtime yeah. i think because i think a lot of i think his intention like you said, Andy, is to just bring light to certain disparities within, and we have to be a little bit careful within the sport of CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So it's not all CrossFit, it's CrossFit competition level, yep. which to a certain extent does affect everyone that participates in 
this as a, as a hobby or as a sport, but we will, I'll put in in the show notes and you guys can go and make your own opinions. What, I, what we do have today is, minus Kobe, we have around 20 different questions to answer, yep. which is all about, all come from members from the gym or different things that I've seen through my Instagram about sort of stuff that we put in classes. I'm going to ask you guys some of these questions or we can, we can all sort of have a, a shot at answering them. One that I want to kick off with, because it kind of makes the most sense to start here, is what do you think is the... And I haven't heard this question for a long time. Okay. What do you think is the best time of day to train? <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> why are you laughing, guys? You can't, you can't just laugh at these questions. You're supposed to give some good educated answers here. What have we got? Uh, well, my first answer is it depends. <laughs> Every, everyone's got different... Uh, schedules and whatnot so for me it's just like whichever you feel you can train and be the most consistent throughout like yeah. if that means that's you coming in at the eight thirty class every morning or just because you got a crazy hectic schedule and you can pull off the five thirty, or you need to pull off the five thirty a.m yeah cool but that allows you to train four or five times a week great uh, if that means you need to come into like you're the type of person who likes to come in after work fine but yeah. this is like whichever is the your easiest option to do is pick yeah. that one. I think when people, like that, yeah, like, cause some people go, oh, I'm going to come at five 30. I'm like, have you ever done it before? Yeah. No. Yeah. And then I'm like, they show up once and then you don't see him for two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like that. I think like whatever really, whatever you think you can sustain. Yeah. Cause exactly a lot right. of people get involved in more the physiological aspect of like what time is the best time when my body's going to be. But from what I've definitely seen from the audience that we have here, and honestly, if you're a part of the general population, if you're not training to go to the Olympic Games or the CrossFit Games, you're yep. part of the general population, right? Yep, 100%. Then you, the, you're not going to get those. Those physiological gains are going to be offset by some of the sacrifices that you make. Yep. And therefore, it should fit in with life. You're, you're majoring in minor things. <laughs> like it, I like that. I know. I sold off someone else, so don't worry. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's got a list of quotes, quotes he wants to get into the show. <laughs> Andy, what's your thoughts, mate? So I, I agree 100% with Simon. First thing you want to look at is picking times that fits your lifestyle. That is going to take away any excuses that you might have for not being able to come into the gym. On a personal level with myself, yeah, because I can pick and choose. Yeah, I don't like heavy lifting in the morning. Yeah, right. First thing in the morning. Right. So if I can get away with it, I'll do some conditioning first thing up in the morning. And yeah. By lunchtime, afternoon time, I'm going to try lift some heavy weights because that suits me better. Yeah. However, if on my schedule it doesn't allow for that and I have to train heavy in the morning, yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I think it's. It's setting up a schedule that and timings that work with your lifestyle. There's no point saying, I've got time at five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to come in and train then, when we all know that you're going to go home, <laughs> sit down on the couch, and you ain't getting anywhere near the gym. Yeah. Don't, don't stop by home. You've got to go straight to the gym. Yeah. yeah. I think for, on that point, mate, for people that are struggling to gather a routine, should we say, mm-hmm. I've seen more success of just getting it locked in in the morning and yep. getting it out the way. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people actually love to train in the evening just for what you've said, because their body moves a lot better and they just feel a lot more awake and you know, their, their job, especially for some teachers, they start work super early. But if you're not in those categories and you're struggling to get your workout in, get it in in the morning because 
there's a good chance you'll hit the couch later in the afternoon and not come back and do it. Well, yeah, and, you know, they might have had a, what, a shitty day at work. They might yeah. have just, you know, uh, they've been super busy. So sometimes the, they go, well, screw it. I'm just going to go home. Yeah. Um, whereas you don't have that option in the morning. He's like, look, I'm going to start my day the way I want to. And yeah. then you can go for it. So that, if it allows people to come, kind of, like you said, tick it off the list and go, cool, I've trained now. I can go, go, go to work. And then by the end of the day, they're like, now I can do whatever I want. It's yeah. And that, that becomes like an, almost a nice reward for them. I think I um, agree with you, mate. Especially so, with Ramadan times, if they're finishing earlier, that's great. <laughs> it, it, it also, if you look at a lot of our community, we have people who are business owners, yeah. people who have kids coming in and being able to get stuff out the way in the first day, in the first sort of couple of hours of that morning. Yeah. means it doesn't matter what else goes on through the day. They've still got their workout done. They've got their workout, which to a lot of people is the best hour of their day. And if you come in and you get that done, you know, we essentially you are you're setting yourself up for a really good day because it doesn't matter too much anymore. Yeah. You've got stuff that you care about done. Yep. I'm with you, mate. Staying on a little bit of myth busting, I think that's what the first couple of here that, that I've got. <laughs> Do you guys really count calories or is that all just a silly myth? <laughs> I mean, I've gone through phases where I've been diligent with it. Yeah. Um, I think I, I tracked, like my fitness pal, I tracked my food pretty much for three years straight just to see what was going on. And that's when I was traveling the most too. So it was just where I needed to see if I wasn't careful, I wouldn't eat enough. And then what would happen on the weekend, I'd want to eat everything. Yeah. So it was yeah. just be, trying to be for me to be more consistent. Um, and then I went through a phase, you know, COVID happened. I, I didn't have to be you know, I was home most of the time. So I was just more trying to be intuitive with things and just going, I don't want to just rely on my phone and an app going, you need to eat this. You've eaten too much. <laughs> I, just, I want to be able to listen to my own body. And that's why yeah, I like, right. you know, I used to use my whoop. I don't use it anymore. In a sense of like, look, if I feel ah. good, I'm going to train. Yeah. Um, if I don't feel good, maybe I need to just slow it down a little bit and just yeah. kind of help be able to self-regulate versus have something to tell me what to do. Andy? So I've been on both sides, counting calories, not yeah. counting calories. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good to do it for a little while. Yeah. So you understand what portion sizes look like, how your body responds to certain things. But ultimately, like honestly, I haven't counted calories for probably four or five years. Mm -hmm. Is that why you're not in very good shape? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> 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 probably why I'm getting skinny. Yeah. Uh, That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, th I think with it rather than, because counting calories is stressful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hugely stressful. And it takes out, like sometimes it takes away the, the joy of, of eating. Yeah, agreed. I think, I think the simple thing is, is if you're eating good quality sources of food, yeah. then you, you're hitting the first, the first point. Yeah. And you're doing your exercise and getting into your sleep and we're coming to other questions with that. But I think your first thing is look at your, you know, when you, when you have your plate and you look at your, the amount of food you have on there, mm -hmm. if 50% of your stuff is vegetables and then you've got 20 to 30% of good quality protein with 20% of some good quality fats, it's pretty hard to be overeating on your calories on that. Um, where people tend to get it wrong is they think of things like, I'm going to snack on nuts throughout the whole day. <laughs> and while, that's, while nuts are super good for you, snacking on them and having sort of a whole bag of nuts is probably not. Yeah. So I think when it comes to counting the calories point, if you are 
aware of sort of portion sizes that you're eating and it's all good quality, then I, yeah. I think you, you're wasting your time. I agree, mate. I think one, one thing that you said there, which I agree massively with, is something like a MyFitnessPal, to a certain extent, creates a little bit of education and awareness around like what is actually on your plate. Because yep. a lot of people have no idea what a serving size is because there's such big variations at the moment of... Oh, well, fun test is like, hey, go show me a, a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of peanut butter. Yeah. And it's like some of them are like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are like, small. Literally, so, mate, yeah. yeah. Holly, Holly calls me that on that whole time. <laughs> like if she's directing me to make something in the kitchen, she's like a, a tablespoon. And if it's something that I really like, like cacao powder or honey or something like that, it's like a big mound. She's like, mate, you're screaming. Oh, I like that one. But yeah, I, I think to create that education around it, but is important. So if you, if you generally don't know, and this is not through your own ignorance, it's through just poor information that's available because yeah. you, if, if we went, if three of us went to three different grocery stores now and our objective was to buy chicken breasts, we'd come back with three different size of at least three different size of chicken breasts. So I mm -hmm. think the food industry is educating us in, in a wrong way. But I think more your point, Andy, as well, and, and I think you mentioned it, Simon, is sort of this, this stress and anxiety around counting calories yeah. is, is ridiculous mm -hmm. and it's real and it stresses people out and it reverse and it creates eating disorders. Yeah, and, and it, it takes away social aspects. Like you, yeah. you, got, you, got, you go out to have dinner. You got to weigh all your food. And you, you're worried about, well, how many calories are in this thing? But for the last two weeks, all you've done is eat plain food at home and you've been super strict with it. And, yeah. And life is far too short yeah. to go out to a good restaurant and order bloody salad. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you're worried about how many even calories. Even if it's really good. Yeah, even if it's really good. <laughs> regardless of how many calories you've eaten. I think, again, it comes back to the point where we spoke about if it's good quality food, it's quite hard to go, go wrong with the amount of calories that, you, that you're eating. And the better the quality of food, you actually naturally get full. Yeah, exactly. I think one, one thing that always entertains me is when people come to the cafe and they'll ask us to remove banana from a shake mm -hmm. or nut butter from a shake. Yeah. Okay, it's a banana. It's nut butter that's been made literally on from the premises scratch. from yeah. scratch. Guys, it's not the bananas or the nut butter <laughs> in your smoothies that's making you fat as hell. Like, not that anyone that's coming this fat as hell, but do you know what I mean? It's, it's quite an interesting scenario where this education around food, because what that will do, why that's an interesting point, is your nut butter will skew your calories during mm -hmm. the day because fat, has a lot of calories in it and then people will be like okay that's all right but it's actually the chips and the snacking and all the junk that, well, that really hits us hard and this i mean i've been tracking my you know i've got a rough idea a banana is roughly 30 grams of carbs it's not the end of the world yeah you know yeah. The, the nut butter uh like i think it's two tablespoons of it in the, yeah. in the survey is not extortionate there's same thing they're majoring in minor things and this is where it's not the banana's fault it's not the nut butter's fault is if you and that's where i think initially when you take on a client, just looking at, hey, give me three days. And it's always a tough one because you say, yeah. give me three days. And they're like, okay, now they're watching me. They'll try to give you their best scenario. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but if they can just be honest with what they're eating and then you can make small adjustments to the quality. And then, you know, maybe it comes to that point. If it becomes more, it's a performance metric and they need to uh, have a certain amount of fuel for what they're doing. And I think it's, you know, ties into um, the endurance world a bit more because you, you, you're on doing 
events running um, cycling or swimming for big durations of time you need to be able to feel those efforts i think that's where you know those things could be adjusted but i think just having a ballpark figure initially will help but then from there is focusing purely on the quality because like we said earlier, the better the quality is, you naturally will get hungrier when you yeah. are hungry. You'll naturally get full when you need to stop eating. And I think that that's that's literally the best way to wrap it up, mate, because mm-hmm. it, it's it's that simple. And most pe- most people, from what I've seen in my fitness pal, do not eat enough. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I have three months until my summer holiday. I know you don't like this kind of question. <laughs> how did they know? But how do I get in? Great shape. I'm probably about five kilos overweight right now. What have we got? I know Kobe's looking for PT clients. <laughs> Shami, Shami's not yet. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when I saw this one, I'm like five kilos in three months. Like, what are we going to do after five weeks? Because it's, it's just too long. Mm-hmm. If we set, yeah. set a simple goal of one kilo fat loss a week, then we're going to have to find something else to do for the sort of remaining seven, eight weeks or seven, seven weeks. But what do, what do you guys think? We got three months till some holidays. What should people be changing things up? Have you seen the focus in people's training change? Is it training? Is it food? What's going on? What advice do you give this person? So we, we, we always hear people, this sort of stuff come up. I've got 10 weeks. Yeah. I need to make a change to my body. And I suppose for me, it's trying to understand, well, why do you want to make it just for the summer? Mm-hmm. Good point. Why, why aren't you going to do this for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. And then it's trying to get them to see the bigger picture that there's no, there's no point trying to create these, put these processes in place that are going to create very quick wins. Yeah. But ultimately, you're going to go on holiday and come back and lose it all. Yeah. Let's look at processes that you can put in place that, yeah, you might only get to four kilo loss by the time you go on summer holiday, but you're going to come back from your summer holiday. And guess what? You haven't put on any weight. You're straight back into the gym and the next summer you're down by six kilos and yeah. you've put on some muscle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think with this, it's, it's starting the process of one, losing the weight, putting habits in place in terms of nutrition, a, um, a schedule that fits their current lifestyle and also mm-hmm. making sure that they understand what needs to go into losing that weight and achieving, and achieving the goals. Simon, any further thoughts? Um, about one, like, I would say secret trick people can do, because a lot of people, you know, they'll be consistent. Okay, I've got three months. I'm going to come to the gym four or five times a week. I'll crush myself in there. They're normally going to try go on some form of eating plan, um, eat better quality sort of things. And then something I, I like to use a lot, I'm like, cool, we'll tr- try increase their activity outside of the gym. Like, are they... Um, walking enough on, on the outside so you know really simple can they hit ten thousand steps a day outside of the gym or if that's quite comfortable try push that up a bit more yeah and just where it, they're overall increasing their 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 activity way more versus you know trying to be in a gym for an extra hour and you know with intensities that at least no idea what that was <laughs> uh, all good with um you know with how hard we we push people in here which is great but then it it you know, they can't just keep doing that over and over and over again. So sometimes just having a more activity outside of the gym w- will also help them, especially yeah. if they want to get ready for it. Because what, what you will see is someone wants to lose weight. You've got yeah. 10 weeks in which to do it. So they come in pretty much every day. Yeah. 
and they absolutely batter themselves. And for the first couple of weeks, they see some really good results. Yeah. And then what starts to happen is they start almost going into the point where they're overtraining. Yeah. And that fat burning starts to turn off mm-hmm. and they start to gain weight or the numbers don't change. Yeah. And I, I think people need to, people need to, like your exact point is, the stuff you're talking about going and doing isn't necessarily super stressful on the body. No. It's just go, go out, if, if you've been following a process, just go out for an extra hour or even 30 minutes mm-hmm. and either go for a run or go for a walk. Yep. And you can make that, do that and make some subtle change with what you're eating mm-hmm. and you'll see some pretty good changes straight away. Yeah, exactly right. And, and it's, not, it's not super hard to make those changes. No. Um, but too often people are looking for going from one extreme, yeah, one extreme to the other to be able to make these changes. I like that, mate. It's, a, it's sometimes a little bit of an extreme mindset, whereas that loops back to the point that you made literally at the start, is that it needs to be a mindset that is not just super extreme for a short period of time, but is probably a little bit more subtle, mm-hmm. is what we're saying, and developing a lifestyle that lasts for, for a long time. And that, that doesn't really matter if you're five kilos or 50 kilos. No. Like, it's the same. It's, it's, a, the same. it's a new... It's their new way of living. Let's move on. Let's go a little bit into the gym. Okay. Members have got niggles, which they're not addressing. Ah, This actually came from one of the coaches. (laughs) Members have got niggles, which they're not addressing, and we always have to scale things. But then again, I feel like they use an excuse to do things they don't want to do. How should we all approach it? Simon, do you want to have a go at that one? Sure, let's do it. Um, Yeah, and it's just, you know, and this happens everywhere. Uh, Like in a lot of gyms, it's like, is they've picked up a niggle for whatever. It might have happened outside of the gym. Maybe, um, you know, it's a movement they like doing and they keep doing it over and over again. You know, there's just going to be some sort of, um, we'll call it wear and tear. And I think where if, you know, with the training that we do in the gym, just like if you have your car, you have to take it for maintenance once it's done a certain amount of mileage. Um, I think, you know, people need to take responsibility over their bodies. And I think where if you're training this hard in the gym, maybe there needs to be some form of mobility routine that they can do. Or, you know, we have great physios that, you know, we would always recommend just for them to go and just go address the things that they need to do. And at least they have a bit more direction on what needs to happen. So that's, you know, if they've got a thing that really needs to be seen to, um, and the more information we get as coaches, the more we can help them out. And I think um, sometimes they also need just more individual attention where you, yeah. they're not just going to get that from class. I think that's a, a really good point, mate. And, and your last point is super important as well. If you're struggling with something, be mature enough to say, my body needs a little bit of an MOT. Mm-hmm. And then there, it's almost like a, a problem solving sort of flow chart, isn't it? It's like, yeah. okay, maybe one of the coaches can help me with that in 30 seconds after class. Because yeah. that, that could be, as working with a guy this morning, a little bit of an issue with front rack mobility. Try this with a band, 30 seconds each side, four sets, mm-hmm. see how we go in two weeks. Yeah. Hopefully he does it. If he does, that's good. If not, then we go and he's like, oh, my laps might be weak. Maybe they might be, but that might be the next checkpoint. And, and there's all these different ways. So either it stays within your coat, within the environment that you've got, or mm-hmm. like you said, mate, maybe, maybe you do need to go and see a physio every six to eight weeks or, or get some kind of maintenance yeah. on the body. I think that, that's important. And then, yeah, and every, you know, it's, everyone's got some form of imbalance in one shape or another. Like, you know, 
maybe they're left dominant, maybe they're right dominant. So over the years, your body's just adjusted to a certain way. And maybe if you've, you've done things and where they just need to get extra attention for them. And I think that's not a bad thing. It's, it is an investment, but we only got one body. We need to make sure we look after it. I think, and that's going to be just very, very useful. And I think just for longevity in their training, for them to enjoy training, for them to keep progressing, these are yeah. just little investments that people need to take. I like the way you look at it. Andy, what do you do to take care of yourself? <laughs> <laughs> All of it. <laughs> Probably not very much. Or not as much as it. Um, look, I agree like exactly what Simon says. And, and it's something we talk about a lot as well is if you pick up a niggle or an injury, mm-hmm. it could be stemming from, like you talk about, an imbalance or something's not moving right. And there's no point sitting back for four weeks and ignoring it and the pain goes away. <laughs> no, they yeah. all go away if you ignore them. Well, that's, that's what a doctor will tell you sometimes. Is don't do it. Right. Okay, oh, it feels great. And then they because do their normal they, thing they, again. They come back and, and it's there again. And, <laughs> and that's exactly so And that, that's what, like, we obviously, you, you mentioned physios, we send guys to, we look at, like if you watch Milos when he does his workout yeah. with people is they look at how people move mm-hmm. yeah. and they try to find what's causing the problem. The moment you understand what's causing the problem, then it becomes a lot easier to solve. Yeah. But too often people, like we said, will ignore it. They stop doing an exercise in the hope that it goes away. Yeah. And of course it does, but then they come back in and the process just happens to go on and on. Sometimes it's an overuse injury because they've been training too much. Yeah. Yep. The one thing I would say when people pick up injuries, and we generally see it really well, is it's not an excuse to avoid classes. Yeah. The coaching team at Innerfight is good enough that should you want to be able to attend a class and you do have a niggle, is you just have to drop the coach a message and say, look, I know there's pull-ups today, but I actually can't do pull-ups because I've got this issue with, with my shoulder. Yeah. And we can still change the session up that they can come in and get a workout in. Yeah. That they're not missing those sessions. They're not missing being part of the um, community. Yeah. Well, you had that with Paloma. You had that with uh, Siobhan. They've, you know, had issues and um, like surgeries on their knees. And I'm like, cool. They're still coming in, adjusting things and still able to to come in and crush it. I think that's one of the biggest sort of misconceptions is like, oh, I, my foot hurts. So I can't, run is probably one of the most obvious ones, which to be honest, I think 50% of those are absolute bullshit, but there's 50% that are probably right. Yep. You know, okay, you can't run, it's fine. Like go on the air bike, it'll be double hard. Yeah. One thing I do see is that when people can't run, they take a machine and they go 50% of how hard the run would make them. So you either, you have an injury or you just want to take it easy. If you just want to take it easy, that's fine as well. I think, Andy, it's a good point. And I was talking to Arij on, on the last podcast. She, she would always do this to me, even till this day. She'll come in and she'll go, I'm not feeling it today. I just want to have a workout. I just want to move. I just want to move and get out of here. And I think that's okay as well. But that sort of honesty about what's really going on is, <laughs> in life is key. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's, yeah, and that's super important. And just when you know yourself that well and yeah sometimes it does need to be pushed but then the other times are like look i'm still coming in i'm showing up i'm just going to move yeah. and make my stuff look good yeah and you come in tomorrow you feel better you can push it then you, you go back to your point uh, one of the questions earlier you spoke about mot's yeah if you look at big sports stars like for example in the u.s the golfers the mm-hmm. basketball players how much money they spend every year on looking after their body they travel with them yeah. It's non-stop. Why, yeah. why do they do that? Because, to your point, yeah. it's the one body they've got. Yeah. And it's 
they've got to look after it otherwise they don't make a living yeah exactly and that's that's a really good point mate like you need to doesn't matter if you work in the bank or if you're a professional sports person you need to treat your body yep. in a way that if it wasn't working 100% you don't make a living mm-hmm. because it's it's going to be jeopardized the fact that you, you you've hurt your shoulder and you're not attending to it will actually in the end sort of have an impact on how you tap the keys in, exactly right. in your office so yeah we uh, i think the bottom line on the, we'll move on to the next one but the bottom line is there is address things and maybe address them early Talking about training, should I be training every day? And, and this ties into rest and recovery. How many rest days do you guys suggest? I'll go on this one. Go on then. Um, so I, I think when we, I would say generally for the average person, yep. I think if you're exercising four to five times a week, mm-hmm. yep. um, is probably a really good balance. Yeah. Um, how you fit those rest days in is obviously dependent on your week. Ideally, you'd like to be able to do two to three days on, a day off, two to three days on. But for some people, that doesn't work. Some people have to do, if they want to work out five days, they have to work out Monday to Friday, and then they get Saturday, Sunday off. Yeah. But I think yeah. it comes back to that point we've just been talking about is what they're doing for their recovery. Yep. And also what they do for those sessions. If, you, if you're coming in and doing... Uh, sort of the, the Friday fitness, which is pretty brutal, and you're doing a session like that every single day, five days back to back, you're probably gonna last two weeks and then that's you <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. But if you're cycling your sessions with one, the intensity that you're working at and the work volume and whether or not it's strength, whether or not it's conditioning and what mm-hmm. the priority is in your session, you can probably accommodate that four to five sessions fairly easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that that's a real good point, mate. If, and I've always said that to people, like if you're, if your schedule only allows you to, to, to work out now Monday to Friday, Monday's always going to be a hard workout. Friday's always going to be a hard workout. So you've got three days in the middle and it's okay one of them to go perhaps a little bit easier to ensure that you can maintain the intensity for the other two and then you're going to get your two days off. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that's where, I mean, um, with the programming here, it even comes in waves like that. Like there's days yeah. where are absolutely brutal, and then this one's like, hey, this is a mover. This is a find a pace and stick yeah. with it and maintain a certain um, pacing throughout the whole thing. Maybe it's more on skill work, on skill development, and so like the the workouts planned out for the week are actually very smooth in those transitions. Um, but then, yeah, like like Andy said, if you're trying to crush yourself with Friday workouts. Five, six times a week. Oh my God. (laughs) You're going to be tired, which comes nicely into the next question. Sleep versus training. Which one wins? Sleep. 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 hundred percent. Sleep. Yeah. 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 I'm Uh, with you. (laughs) I mean, I I think too often people think, and probably until, if I'm honest, probably until I got to inner fight, um, there wasn't too much thought given it to myself given sleep like i still get in seven hours mm-hmm. maybe eight hours sometimes but not not going to bed at the same time not waking up at the same time and it's something that this like this team in particular has a big impact on me i go to bed at the same time yeah and i wake up at the same time yeah um and even when talking to top level coaches around the world within crossfit one of the first things they ask their athletes is how much sleep do you get yeah and when they talk about getting six to seven hours, the coach is actually pushing them to get beyond seven because that's where people really start to make some gains. Yep. Yep. So yeah, 100% sleep. Awesome. 
Let's move into something a little bit more technical. There's two questions. There's one about toes to bar, and there's one about squat depth. The first one we'll hit, let's go to the squat depth. My squat depth is poor. I know it. <laughs> That's a good start. What can I do? What well, have we got? Well, we, we did talk about, uh, you know, giving people homework and doing mobility and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just the extra stuff people need to do if they want to improve their movement. Yep. Um, and one thing, if squat depth is poor, is what's the main reason? It, are, do they know it and then they keep adding weight anyway? Yeah. That's the other side of it. Or if the focus is to get good depth, what weight will allow them to do that? What's meaning what's the heaviest they can go? Yep. And then really focus on that. Now, that might be getting something to uh, may, maybe having to make adjustment in their stance. They're too narrow, too wide, whatever it is. And maybe giving them some form of gauge, meaning they may need uh, a ball for them to hit with yep. the butt. Um, maybe they have issues with their ankles. Like This is a Pandora's box. There's so many things you yeah, can I go mean, into there's this. There's a load, but yeah, let's try and leave them with, with a couple of things. So, so, so far, I, I love what we're talking about, mate. We're, we're giving them a gauge. Yep. We're creating some awareness about how we're set up. And, and I think these are interesting things for people to think about. It's like, okay, what actually contributes to this? I, this person knows it. Yeah. Yeah. So have a look and have a look with your coach how he's set up. How deep am I going on a gauge? It's okay to squat to a ball or, or a yeah, box. Yeah, like 100%. That. Actually, box squats is one, actually one of my favorite all-time squats. Oh or a bottom-up squat, standing yeah. up from oh, the bottom. That's so. super hard. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. Yeah. What, what other little tools can people sort of look out for? Uh, I mean, one of my go-tos is, I mean, we talk about this on the seminar, is using squat therapy. So yep. getting them to understand what one, how hard a squat can be. And when you get them to squat in front of a wall and you got a good setup and yet they have a ball to sit on, you can kind of work to where they're at. Meaning it just gives them awareness of how upright they need to be and how um, what they need to do with their knees to, to make sure they're in the right position as they're going down. Yep. But then once you kind of meet them where they are, then we can slowly challenge them to get lower and lower and lower. Yep. And just like the word therapy means, it's something that takes time. It's not a one-stop <laughs> fix and they're done. Yeah. Sometimes they just need to do a bit of extra homework and either squat therapy or a mobility routine to help. Like a couch stretch is like one of the, the easiest ones to give people where it, I would say gives them a huge benefit if they actually spend time doing it because yeah. um, once their hips get looser and the quads um, get longer it just allows them to get to those potential ranges Andy but, anything to add to that give us a pretty good summary yeah and, and Simon's, lots to work on <laughs> Simon's sort of hit it on the head that too often we see people come in and we get we ask people to do an air squat and they squat to depth and it's the moment they put a barbell on their back and they start adding weight, they stop going there. Or three, two, one, yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or three, two, one, go. And so something like I do it with my guys whenever we've got squat workouts is literally just holding on to the rig to give them that extra support yeah. yep. and make them sit not just in the squat position but even lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they spend 45 to 60 seconds in there moving around. Like at the end of the day, if you want to improve that position, you need to spend more time in that position. 100%, yeah. And that's going to be uh, with any support, with any support that you might need. Um, and then it's it's literally just a case of like, you know, we're taking, we're trying to take what you, these poor movements, this poor mobility that you've accumulated over years, yeah, and trying to fix that. And that's not going to happen in a week. No, but we all have that that ability to be able to squat because if you look at babies, yeah, they do or it. We can do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Another little technical one. My toast to bar progress is slow. We spoke about this in the coaches meeting 
last week, I think. Mm-hmm. How can I speed it up? I'll start with this one. Cool. <laughs> too, <laughs> too, I think He's excited. Too often people think that in order to do something, they need to do more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably find someone who wants to do more toast to bar spends more time on the rig trying to do toast to bar. Yep. But if you strip back the basics, what's their hollow hold like? What's yeah. their arch hold like? So can they hold positions on the floor and then move through those positions on the floor before we start spending time up on the rig? Yep. So first thing I'd say is like, you know, if you want to improve them, build a stronger core. And that doesn't necessarily mean more time hanging on the bar. Yeah. Next time when you're watching uh, something on TV, can you, can you spend 60 seconds in a hollow hold? Yeah, right. Um, then look at things like your mobility at the same point. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. all those things come all those things come together. Yeah. Gymnastics okay. and this is rich coming from me, gymnastics is all about creating <laughs> loves it. Beautiful shapes. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I create some amazing shapes. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, yes, you do. <laughs> but so if you've got brute strength, there's only so much that's gonna get you. Yeah. But yep. the better you create those shapes, the better your gymnastics become. Hundred percent. It's it, it's interesting. Because I've experienced it not with toes to bar, but with handstand walk. Mm. So when I was competing a lot in CrossFit, my handstand walk wasn't that great. Then when I did a lot less CrossFit and didn't train my handstand walk for for literally a year, and I think then it came up in the open or it came up sometime. But I'd done a lot of work, sort of opening my shoulders, a lot of core work. Mm-hmm. I can handstand walk. I mean, I have no problem to go. And if you say now, does a handstand walk? In a workout, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And I, I haven't done it since, I think we probably did it a year ago together, man. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think that's one of the biggest things. One of the, a lot of time, like more squatting, not to depth is not gonna help you squat to depth and adding more load is not gonna help you squat to depth. Trying to do toes to bar the whole time. And that's why the coaches are pulling you down yep. in a way, or you feel like they're pulling you down or taking you off the bar and letting you do a V sit up or, or something different like that because that is the key to unlocking that progress. And, and two, it's just like, you know, yeah, they want to jump on the bar and attempt to do toes to bar, but you actually get a better workout if you do some of the, the scaling versions for it. Way like, better. Like, oh my God, V-ups are horrible. Yeah. Uh, like, or tuck-ups are horrible. <laughs> if you get really good at them, I reckon if you got really good at them and you went back to the bar, you'd be, you'd, you'd either get it or be very close yeah. to it. And that's, that's also, I know we're sort of, creating a longer list of stuff to do like two minutes here after class and this is one yeah. of the things that is is one of my pet hates because people end up with a whole list and it's like it's actually an hour after class or an hour before sure. class but like andy said you're watching tv at night can you hold 60 seconds on the floor and accumulate three minutes of hollow hold somewhere throughout your day yeah. Every, everyone has that time we'll move a little bit to intensity because i think this is this is pretty good and there's a few different questions here One says, I'm always confused as to what I'm supposed to feel in workouts when it comes to intensity help. Then someone says, the workouts are not hard enough or boring. What should we do? And I've linked these together because I I think they're the same. Guys, give your best speech on creating intensity (laughs) in workouts. Like, how, how do you best put this over to people in a simple way so that they can... Without going, listen, just fucking strap a pair on and just go hard <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, we just look at each other like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've taken that one, but what is your, you know, how, 
how do you, what are people supposed to feel? What's going on here? I mean, every workout is designed a certain way and is meant to feel a certain way based on the movements that are being prescribed or, and the loading for it. Um, and, you know, one, I would say pay attention to the coach and the wad brief. They'll tell you all about That's it. That's number one for me, right? Listen, listen. Listen to, yep. listen to what the coach says. And if the coach doesn't tell you what you're supposed to feel, ask. Punch him in the face and then ask. <laughs> <laughs> or like slap. Yeah. And then I think where, um, you know, something I've, I've tried to do is like, look, this is the workout. This is what it should be done. In. And then I'll just give him a target. I'm like, hey, this should be done in this time. The time cap yeah. is this. It doesn't mean you like finish one second before the time cap. Yeah. Um, like it was a workout. I can't remember what it was. It was 12 minutes. I said, I want everyone's going to do under 10. And the fast people are going to do a sub eight. And they all, all looked right. at me going, oh, I need to go quick. I went, yes. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as I gave them those, I guess, variables, they were just kind of like, okay, then you would see them actually scale to what they should be doing. Because some people will hide from intensity by trying to go RX when they shouldn't. Yeah. And then that means they have to break the movement down way too much or they can't complete it. Um, an example, in, in, in today's one, I could see people, like the way it was designed is you meant to go all out on the assault bike, go on a deadlift and then do some burpees. And it was like, you could see them maybe do, maybe do it for one or two and then they'll just die and then they won't even get to the burpees where the point is to to get <laughs> to get 10 to, burpees to get to get one even like five but then yeah. you have to go as hard as possible every single round but that's yeah. the way the workout was designed yeah versus some people use them like oh well i'm not gonna get to the burpee yeah and then I'm, so I'll, I'll just i'll be cheeky like i'll just go well okay well maybe you can't do 15 but you're gonna do 12 or 11 and i'll just give them that these little targets within workouts to push yeah. them and then what tends to happen one they get a better working out of it we get the intensity or the stimulus that we wanted from the programming and 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 oh, they, i think it just creates a nice uh, like circle of meaning yeah. like we got good communication in class they got the right intent they've done the workout the right way so we become very happy from it yeah and everyone wins andy do you want to tackle the workouts are not hard enough or boring <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Seen as, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Andy is the one that writes the program, then presents it to the coaches who will give their feedback and will tweak it. Doesn't normally get much tweaking, but mm -hmm. he's the one that uh, could be insulted by this. So, mate, what's, what's your thoughts here? So, I think sometimes when people don't see the bigger picture, and I, I understand it's hard because if you're only coming in three times a week, yeah. You might get one of these workouts that's just a long slog and it is going to be boring potentially. And yeah. every workout shouldn't be sexy. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the point is if you look across the whole week, there's some workouts that are super intense. It's five minutes all out. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool movements. And then there's others that are literally just a grind. Yeah. Because they all fit together to make sure that if you are coming in four to five times a week worth of training that um, it's, you know, it all fits together. But I, I did think about this point because we obviously discussed it earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. Like if you said to people, come in and we're going to do a 2K row. Yeah. Right. Now a lot of people, and even a 5K run, a lot of people are going to think that's boring. Yeah. yeah. I'd be scared shitless to do it. It's horrible. Yeah. But exactly why are you scared? Yeah. Because it fucking hurts. It hurts so much. Yeah. If you spend you, more time recovering. <laughs> if, if, if you push yourself super hard, yeah. yep. it's going to hurt. Yeah, mm -hmm. and same thing with a lot of these workouts you can come in and as Reed rightly said some days she comes in and she just wants to move Yeah, and they can make that choice but you can yeah. also take any one of the workouts we do yep. and make it hurt oh yep. god that's, yeah, absolutely that's like for me that's the beauty about how we do things here yeah, yeah. 
Agreed. And sometimes people find things boring because they don't enjoy doing them. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and nine times out of ten, I'm sorry to say this, but it's also because they're shit at those movements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the, and the other side of it, like, the, look at the Ramadan challenge. Very simple stuff. It's a grind. It's a slog. And since it's, one, you said it's a challenge, everyone loves it. And yeah. I'm like, if you put that into just general programming, they'd be like, why are we just doing that? And I'm like, you'll find out. Like, yeah. It's just where, like, that's the work for today. That's the challenge for today. Yeah. Go at it as best you can, and let's yeah. just see what happens. I think at the old gym, we have done 10K run for time in the class, mm-hmm. and it was just laps of the building, yeah. which was quite good. Yeah, but yeah. The two main things that I'm hearing from, from you guys here is, is quite simple. One is sort of listen to what the coach says and challenge the coach yeah like understand clearly and when you do that like you said simon you'll get targets from the coach yeah. which will then motivate you and 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 i think the second big point which really comes through is that not all not every day should be the same no. feeling some days it's going to be like you said andy like five minutes of absolute burn fest and on on another day it's going to be 40 minutes in slightly less red zone and you just sort of, it's going to be ground out. And therefore, you're going to, some people are going to like that 40 minute slog a little bit more, but it doesn't make the five minute workout shit yeah. or boring. And, and I, th- I think, I mean, this is digging I've been doing for a while. And going into these red zones and dark places, it's not easy. It's, it's tough. And some people just don't want to be there. And, and to be fair, a lot of people can't go there. No, yeah. exactly. 100%. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like they can't express what we, what want to get out of the workout because they haven't been able to achieve that zone yet, so to speak. And, and if we look at, like, for example, this last week we've had Friday and, and, and Saturday's workouts are done over the same time domain. Yeah. One's 40 minutes, one's 36 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And same amount of movements, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I came in and did Saturdays yeah. and it was fucking awful. <laughs> it hurt. Yeah. But I could Burpees, walk. thrusters, box jumps. And if you got to the assault bike, <laughs> if you got to it. What's, what's, yeah. what's in a hurt in there? That sounds easy, <laughs> mate. <laughs> but it, I think to like the point you make, and I know it's, it's difficult for people because they don't get access to the program other than seeing the daily workouts. But mm-hmm. I, yeah. I try to look at when I'm going through the week, there will be one or two workouts where I'm like, I'm going hard on this. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt. Yeah. And afterwards, the next two days, I'm going to come and work at 70, 80%. Yeah. I'm not going to go 100% every day, but there will be one or two workouts that I'm going to go all out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, you sent this in, Andy, because you teach the most coaches carnage, but the question is, <laughs> <laughs> coaches carnage workouts are always good and hard. Double, double thumbs up. Why is that, guys? <laughs> Why did, I, I mean, I see... I rarely hear anyone say a coach's carnage workout was crap, but I do hear people, for what we've just said, wrongly say that a mainline class, the workout was boring today. But mainly coach's carnage workouts, is it because you guys are working out with them? Or what, what, why do we think the feedback's different? I think that. I think it's just like we, we get to train with them and that's, uh, you know, for, I think for us is a really good privilege. Like yeah. we get to train with the it's members. Nice, yeah. And I think everyone steps up. Yeah. Like, like the coaches making sure they don't lose. <laughs> and then the members are going, fuck it, I want to win. And so I think that has that really cool camaraderie. And then I yeah. think that's why the, the vibe is, I think, also different in class. Yeah. yeah. I think it, 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 it's, 
So there's, there's two things to it. The first one is, like, Simon's exactly right. There is coaches jumping in. Like, for me, my midday coaches college on a Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, just dropping them in just there if you want to join. In case yeah. you want to yeah. join. Midday. Um, those <laughs> are use code Andy's carnage. <laughs> those, those are my only times to train. Right. So if I've only got 45 minutes to an hour to train, yeah. I'm, You're going to make I'm, it good. Yeah, I'm going to make it good. Yeah. I suppose the other side that makes it a little bit easier is coaches carnage is to a larger extent is done on its own. Mm-hmm. So it isn't necessarily linked with the rest of the programming that we do. Yeah. So yeah. It, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't directly fit into that jigsaw. Yeah. So it's very easy to create a super sexy program yeah. to do on the day. Yeah. 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 And that, that's a big difference. I th- I agree, mate. And I think I think it goes back to what you said as well, mate. You there's a reason why on a Wednesday you don't actually have a coach's carnage workout. And it's not because you just want to have the lunchtime off. You can't really work out at that intensity every single day. Mm-hmm. So Milos takes it and it's a very different stimulus on yeah. that day as well. And we don't have it on a Friday because there is, well, there's a coach's carnage in the morning. So yeah, it's, it's a lot different. We'll wrap it up with this one, which is <laughs> quite weird, but <laughs> we'll go for it. It says boot camp, main line, OCR or track? How do I make it all work? Very easy. <laughs> if you don't like Kobe, don't <laughs> no, um, I, I, th- I think when you look at all of those programs, they coaches college and boot camp to an extent or of can be very similar. Yes. Other yes. than the fact that Kobe walks around the park with you uh, <laughs> and doesn't jump in on the workout. Yeah. Um, but it's looking back at what your goals are. Yeah. Like. What are you training for? If you're training because you just enjoy it, then fuck, do everything. Do everything, oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, if, and I, I almost have a feeling like who's asked this question. Yeah. But if you can go be part of every single part of the community we have in this gym, yep. that's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly who it came from, or I won't mention who it came from, but it's sort of who I thought of straight away was Lawrence Brother Ash. Because mm. he, he's in mainline, oh, yeah. he's in OCR, I see him at track, I'm not sure I've seen him at boot camp, he's out riding his bike, he does like Everything. so much different stuff, yeah. and literally he just wants to have fun, yeah. you know, and he's in good shape, you know, like life's, and he's always smiling, yeah. so life's pretty good, it's, it's, it's interesting, I just think sometimes people, and that's why I don't think it was in that answer to this question, because some people want to be super good in all of them, mm-hmm. and that's going to be su- like you can't win track, win OCR, win mainline. No, anyone can win boot camp, but you know, <laughs> no, that's a bit harsh. Harsh, not to, to towards the people that come, not Just towards Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's one of the that's one of the things. Like, if you just want to go and have a load of fun, mm-hmm. keep your program super super varied. Yeah, and it's just like on the day, hey, I've got I got to choose between. OCR and bootcamp, make that decision and just go for it. But I think yeah. what Andy said there's like, hey, well, if there is a specific goal and it is OCR and they've got a bunch of Spartan races coming up, cool, maybe they need to prioritize the OCR side yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, maybe cut out the main line for a little while, which is, that's the whole idea is whatever the goal is right now. Yeah. And then from there, they can adjust once they've achieved it, they've done the race, they got the medal or whatever it is. Cool. Now, either what's next, or maybe I just go back into general programming, get yeah. my feel back, and then see whatever uh, I get the the best tickle to kind of move into the next thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I was a member 
and I had the flexibility, like our memberships allow, of you have one class package and you can literally go to anything, including mm-hmm. track, including all the endurance community sessions. I would bounce around like a flipping ping pong yeah. ball. And I would also hustle the coaches to find out what program is when and where. And I would cherry pick. So my week was just Boom. the way I wanted Pack, it. Yeah, packed, I, with, packed with all the stuff you like doing. with all yeah. the stuff that you like doing, mate. Because sometimes if you like doing it, you then sh- you'll, be you know, you'll, you'll, be, you'll get a lot more out of it. Yeah. And I, I would also, sorry, mate. I, I would also, if there was stuff I didn't like and I didn't really have much motivation to get better and it, I didn't feel it impacted my life, I would make sure I damn well avoided it, you know? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was going to say, like, coming back to that point about enjoying what you're doing, if, if someone comes to you and says, you know, I want to be able to squat twice my body weight, yeah. and why? Well, because it's a goal and it's going to make me happy. Yeah. And suddenly you get to that and you don't necessarily feel happy. Now you need to squat more. Yeah. But in actual fact, what is making you happy is that you're going and taking part in all these classes every single day yeah. and you're not necessarily directed towards a specific goal but your favorite time of the day is coming to work out at in a fight and yeah. it's because you're doing sessions that you enjoy well you're falling in love with the process you're not falling in love with the target you're trying to shoot for yeah exactly and i think what what we do in in this environment for a lot of people is is very different because yeah. we unlike sort of with the endurance guys where they're looking to cover certain distances or achieve pbs in times Ultimately, we try to get people to be fitter, healthier, um, and to look good. That's what everyone. Yeah. That's what everyone comes in for. Yeah. And that isn't going to happen if you, to Marx's point, if you're coming in and doing stuff you don't want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. There we go. There are a couple of others, but I think we've covered them. I think we've covered pretty much all the main ones, and I think that's a good one to finish on. Yeah. I think. Uh, I would actually love someone to, to set up their schedule and follow it for like six to eight weeks. That was literally, you know, Monday morning, mainline, Tuesday track. I know because they're going to miss OCRs Monday. So they'd have to do OCR on a Monday and actually have something different every day and see what the results were. See what the results were in six to eight weeks. That would actually be, some, that would actually be really interesting because you could go, when does he have boot camp? He has boot camp on a Thursday. So you go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Monday OCR, Tuesday track, Wednesday mainline, Thursday boot camp, Friday coaches carnage. Boom. I reckon you'd be in sick shape. There you go. I think the challenge has been set. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yep. I might sponsor someone to do that. Give us a shout. If you want to do that as a test project for eight weeks, we'll take all of your metrics, take you through it, and we'll see what happens. I need someone who's probably about five kilos overweight. <laughs> <laughs> covers everything. Well, it goes back to the guy here that <laughs> three months to let someone yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got eight weeks instead of uh, instead, instead of, of 12. Yeah. I reckon that would be a wicked schedule. And it's sponsored. And then I'll, yeah, and I'll sponsor you for it. Boom. And, but you have to do what I tell you to do on the weekend as well. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Andy, Simon, as always, good to chat with you. Sorry, your friend, colleague, son, Kobe, couldn't be here. I got a here. feeling he's just sitting standing outside the door. <laughs> but always good to catch up. Folks, if you do have questions for these guys, drop them in, winning at innerfight.com. We'll have these guys back on the show in five to six weeks again. Let's do it. Easy. Awesome. Thanks a lot, fellas. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.